going to speak from Joshua chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, you can open up. It's in chapter 4, Joshua chapter 4. And really, this is the context of it, just to give you a bit of pretext and set it up, is that the nation of Israel are in the middle, in this moment, are in the middle of crossing the River Jordan. And so they've just come out of this, you know, incredible journey where they were promised a land to their forefather Abraham hundreds of years ago. Then they go through 400 years of slavery. And what happens is God delivers them from slavery and is bringing them to the promised land. And of course, what happens next is the generation doubts that God will actually be able to provide for them. And they end up spending 40 years wandering around the wilderness. And when the moment comes when the doubting generation finally die off because God says, until they die off, you will not enter this land. And then he has chosen Joshua who has come along the journey with Moses, but now Moses has died and Joshua takes up the mantle to lead his people into the promised land. What we see is God performs this incredible miracle that they, they are to cross the Jordan River. This, it's not like a stream in our heads. This is a massive river, just like the River Liffey that runs through Dublin that you see that it's this massive river and this obstacle. We read in chapter 4, verse 2 and 7, God speaks to Joshua. He says, Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of of the Jordan. Each one of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off and these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Skipping forward to verse 20 because it's, it's given in a whole different light. It says, Joshua, he set up back Gilgal. He did what God had told him to do. The 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, again he reminded them, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he'd done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. And here's why I'm saying this, because the word for our year is get ready. Get ready. Get ready to cross over. Get ready to move. Get ready and be prepared for our future, which I believe is an exciting future for us as a church, for you and your family, as individuals in your marriage. But first, I believe that we've got to mark this moment. That's what God tells Joshua. He says, I want you to mark this moment. I want you to pause for a moment. Before 
you walk in, before you step into what you've been praying for, before you move forward, he says, I want you to pause. I want you to stand in the middle of a miracle. And I want you to see what I've done to witness what I'm doing. And I want you to tell the next generation and the generation that comes after when they come against an obstacle, when they are living in the provision of what you prayed for, when they're experiencing the fruits of the hard work that you toiled, when you do that, you're able to say, let me tell you about what God did. Let me tell you about what God has done. Let me tell you all about when I felt that I was at the end and I was lost and I couldn't make it and it was going to be over. Let me tell you what God did. He performed a miracle. He crossed me over. He made a way. We once were slaves. We once were lost. But now I am found. I want to tell you that it's time to celebrate. Oh, this is a word for us as a church, but I truly believe it's a word for you. It's time to celebrate. Because here's what happens. I witnessed this so many times. I'm in the church 30 years. I'm 35. Started going to church when I'm five years old. I've witnessed all types of people through all types of journeys. And as a pastor's kid, and then as a pastor myself, seeing so many people follow it. You know what one of the reasons why so many people follow it? Because they forgot their story. They forgot what God had done. They forgot to take a pause in the middle of the miracle and mark the moment. To take a piece, he says, take a stone from the Jordan River. To take a piece from that life, from that memory and say, I'll never forget what God did. Because when we forget, we become ungrateful. We begin living with a sense of apathy indifference oh, this is the way it's always been no it wasn't you had a fight to get to where you are God had to do great things in you just to keep you alive just to get you to survive when you look back over the last five years as us not just as a church us as a nation us as a global community all that we've gone through and we go oh yeah but I'm looking at what's next no take a moment mark this moment the 12th of March, 2023. Mark this moment. I don't know what it is that God tells you that you got to mark. You got to remember. You got to be reminded. You got to just take a snapshot, a mental snapshot in your heart to know, God, I'm going to mark this moment. As I move forward and I go through all different difficulties and all different trials and all different battles, I'm going to look back and say, no, God did provide. He did say. He did remind me. I'm going to mark this moment. And in this moment, Joshua 4, God presses pause. He presses pause. Before the Israelites are about to step into their promised land. To mark this moment as a memory for the rest of their lives. And here we are, thousands of years later, talking about this moment. Because moments matter. Moments can define us. Moments, we can live a whole lifetime fighting and toiling ourselves. But when God can do in a moment what we could do in a lifetime. Here's the first thing to know. They mark the middle of the moment. The middle of the moment. Joshua 3. Joshua 
instructs the priests after receiving the word from God. He says that, I want you to carry the Ark of the Covenant where the two tablet stones in which the Ten Commandments were written in which God wrote them with his finger and Moses on Mount Sinai and Mount Sinai. And he says, I want you to bring the Ark into the middle of the Jordan. So what happened, and you must remember this Jordan River it's, it's in flood season, theologians believe, in this moment. So, so there's a massive flow coming down the river. And this, this is like two or three times the size of the River Liffey. You go into the center of Dublin, you see that. Two or three times the size. And the river is flowing down. He says that when you step into the river, it will begin to dry up just like I did with the Red Sea. And so the priests step in and they go. And what happens? It's like the, the river forms a wall that comes up and they stand into the middle of the moment, the middle of the miracle with the Ark of the Covenant representing the presence of God and the people began to cross. Two million people. Their families, husbands, wives, children. Can you imagine what that was like? Crossing that river, watching the wall of water, waiting for the moment. It might feel like I'm going to be drowned. I'm going to be consumed just like it feels like for all of us when we're in that middle of the moment wondering when is this going to fall apart? When is this going to end? When is this going to end in crises? But no, they keep walking. I can't imagine what it was like for the priests just standing there nervously anticipating what's going to happen next. And then the Lord says to Joshua, I want you to go into the middle of the dry ground, choose 12 men representing 12 tribes, take a stone as a memorial and bring it with you to remind you to tell the story of what you had done. And Joshua 4 verse 5 and 6 says, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. This is a moment that, that is literally marked in the middle of a miracle. He says, I want you to take these stones as a memorial to mark this moment because it's a moment that is to be remembered. It is to celebrate a miraculous act that would never be forgotten. It was a moment that they could look back at all that they had suffered, all that they had endured, that they come out of slavery now into freedom. You see, this, this moment, it signifies and represents our moment of salvation. Our moment of salvation. That is the, the thing that defines us as Christians is what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross and we place our faith in Him. We receive His salvation. We, we, we mark the moment of before Jesus and after Jesus. Before Jesus, my life was leading to death because of my sin. I lived in slavery, impurity. I lived as the, the evil one, as the head of the realms of the earth in which I lived under. Once I placed my faith in Jesus, I stepped into the promised land. I stepped into freedom. I'm no longer a captive. This, this moment that's marked represents our salvation. And if we're to be honest, we can forget our moment. If we're to be honest, we can forget what it was like before Jesus. What happens is we all become easily disorientated and distracted with life's demands that we forget what we've been delivered from. I want you to just to take a moment to remember that moment moment of salvation.
the moment where everything changed. I gave my life to Jesus. And you know what I know for many, especially for me, it wasn't this like complete transformation. It was gradual. I'll never forget the moment I gave my life to Jesus. Because when we're reminded of what he has the power to do is because of what he has done. And he says to the Israelites, don't forget this moment. Just like I delivered you and walked you through the Red Sea, I'm going to do it again in Jordan, and I'm going to do it again in your life. This moment marks the middle of our life. It's often represented or, or called our testimony or our story. And what the Israelites' testimony, this was their story. And here's the second thing to note. They knew that their story carried significance. They knew this. There was something significant about their story. Joshua tells the people in verse 6 and 7, In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them the story. Tell the story. Tell your story. That there is significance in the story. They knew the significance was not in the stones. The significance was in the story. The significance is not what came out of that. The significance is what God brought you through. That was the significance. And this story was to be shared from generation to generation. This is a story that is to flow down. Do you realize, I want to ask you today, do you realize that your story carries with it great significance? Have you been sharing your story or have you been holding on to your story? Have you been passing your story down to generation, whether it's your children, whether it's young people that you're mentoring or discipling or encouraging, young in the faith maybe that you're, you're building up, maybe those in your community, those in your life, and they're going through difficult times or they're going through trials and you're able to share your story, to share your story. Your story is so significant. Your story is what defines you. Your story is what you're, those stones that you have, and it's various moments. It's, it's the moment before salvation, the moment after, but then it's the moment along your journey that your story has so much life in it that I'm preaching a sermon right now, but you're preaching a sermon through your life, and you can preach that sermon to everyone around you. Myself and Jane, we love, we love telling stories. We love telling stories to our boys. We love, you know, I know, I don't know if you have an iPhone. If you don't, you need to get one. And uh, <laughs> in, in this, it, it shares with you memories is your photos. And you look back. I love that. We love telling stories. We love telling our boys and showing them photos. They love hearing stories about what we were like in the past. Like who we were and what we looked like and what we went through. And we tell them stories and memories. And we sit down or we remember, we reminisce. So I don't know what it's going to be like when they're teenagers and they ask us, what were you like when you were a teenager? We're going to have to tell a different story. <laughs> because there's some bad stories there. We, we recently, we showed them, we, um, we have a DVD, if you can still remember, <laughs> a DVD. We have a DVD of our, of our wedding 15 years ago. We were different people 15 years ago. We showed the boys. They were fascinated by this story. They were fascinated what you were like. I can't believe you were like that. We love telling stories. We, we, we 
always remind, especially building up to this day, it's important for us as a family, but I remind my son Levi, he's nine, five years ago, he was four, I remind him, we had a van, 06WH9407, an Opel Vivaro, it was a, I only ever crashed it once, okay, and I would drive that van, and Levi came with me from day one, every single Sunday for two years, I remind him, remember when we got in the van, we lived in Inchicore, we drove to Leopardstown until we moved here in Leopardstown back in 2019. But remember that? We got up. We'd be here at 8 a.m. We'd unload that van. He'd be with me all the way through the day. Got to load the van back up and drive it back home. Remind him that. You were a part of that, Levi. Remind Liam. My son, he was a baby. He was crawling around these these uh, chairs. I remind Isaac, you were in mommy's tummy because we thought, let's plant a church and I have a third baby. You know, <laughs> a month later, he, he was born. We always remember, we marked it. We marked these moments, the same as all of you do in your own life. We celebrate those moments in our story, but at the same time, both myself and Jillian have had some excruciatingly painful moments in the last five years. Moments of difficulty. Moments of disappointment, moments of loss, moments wondering, will we be able to come through this? Moments of feeling like giving up. Moments of feeling like this is too much. This burden is too heavy. This loss, this, this pain is too great. Now, the question is for my life is, do I sweep those moments under the rug? Do I forget those moments? No. I'm to celebrate the moments of success and the moments of suffering. I'm to celebrate the moments of joy and the moments of utter pain. I'm to allow God to redeem those times where he delivered me and times that I felt like I was crushed. I'm allow God, as he says, and Paul writes through Romans 8, 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Hey, we're not going to choose or hide our stories of suffering. We're going to allow God to redeem them. We're going to allow God, you know, in the moments where we celebrate all that he's done and he's performed miracles and we celebrate with others the moments of loss. There is significance in your story. Don't allow the enemy to hide and hide within you those moments of suffering, the moments of pain, but allow God to redeem them as you share them with others. Because the vulnerability that you have when you share that with others, there's such power in it. There's life in it. There's a source of life in it. I want to encourage you in that. Your testimony has power. Don't allow your story to cause you to be bitter. Cause you to be better. Stronger more humble, more empathetic with others. I'm more vulnerable now. Why? Because God broke me down so that he could build me up, so that I could be the man and the woman that he's called me to be. Never stop sharing your story. Moving on, verse, verse 21. Joshua knew as they suffered 40 years of wandering around the wilderness because... They forgot their story. They forgot what God had delivered them from. And so when Joshua says, and I believe it was important, add verse 20 to 24, it's almost a repeat, but Joshua says it to the people in a new way. Because 
He's not as concerned that they'll forget the story. He's more concerned that they'll forget the author of the story. Because he's witnessed the people that were so obsessed with the provision, they forgot about the provider. And Joshua says in verse 21, and I believe this is a word for us at church, five years, I'm celebrating it. I'm, I'm, I'm so ecstatic and excited for all that God has done. But verse 21, Joshua says this. In the future when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. That's what Israel did. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over because he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful so that you might always fear the Lord your God. It's important that the power of the moments is not just held in the miracle, but the one who performed the miracle. It's not just in the moment. It's the one who allowed the moment to take place in the first place. That's why worship is so important. Worship, we remember the moments. We remember the miracles. We remember what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross. We remember the moment that he walked out of the tomb and accomplished resurrection power. I don't worship the cross. I don't worship the tomb. I worship the one who conquered the cross. I worship the one who walked out of the tomb. I worship the one who delivered me, not the thing that I was delivered from. I want to encourage you, don't forget the author of this story, your story. And here's the third and final thing. They remembered but didn't remain. They remembered, but didn't remain. Believe this is the one thing that, if you look back over the 2,000 years of local church history, it has messed our churches up and it's caused us to seep into religion because we remained. And if history is anything to be learned, is we can do the same thing in the 21st century. Maybe a different style was the same substance. What happens is we can almost celebrate moments in our life so much so that we exaggerate them and they consume our present. Do you ever look back at a photo and what you looked like in a younger self and sharper, more defined? <laughs> you look at yourself and you think, wow, I look good back then. <laughs> now, not so much. Your, your, your past, the celebration of those moments can, can sometimes consume your presence. Why? Because we're wanting so hard to repeat those moments, to see that happen again. We're, we're, we're wanting so much, and I've witnessed, I've met so many Christians over the years, and they're so caught up in their prayers that they forgot actually to walk in what God is doing. You see, the people of Israel, they remembered, but they didn't stay there. Yeah. 
They didn't stay at the Jordan River and say, oh, thank you that you brought me through the Jordan River. No, what did they do? They moved on towards Jericho. They moved on to the promised land and they saw battle after battle and win after win and they established the territory in which God had brought them through those moments to get to an even greater miracle. They remember, but they didn't remain. And I want to say to you, don't stay stuck. Don't stay where you are. God wants to bring you through. Yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. I celebrate the last five years. I'm going to share my st our story with you in a moment. And I love it. And it's amazing. But God's got greater things. God's got greater things. I'm not staying here. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. I'm taking ground. I'm not focused on what is behind. I'm moving and focused on what is ahead. No matter your age, no matter your baggage, no matter the years that you have on your, under your belt, I'm 35, but I tell you what, my experience, I can be an old 35 if I want to be. I could be a bitter 35-year-old if I want to be. I could be a broken down, battered, beaten up. But you know what? I'm celebrating those moments, but I'm moving on to new moments. New memories. Yeah, I look good back then, but guess what? I'm healthier today. <laughs> I'm stronger today. What well, may have looked good on the outside? Hey, I got a, a inner healed in the inside. We remember, but we don't remain. I want to say to you, it's time to get ready. I'm get ready. Get ready to cross over. Mark this moment, 12th of March, 2023. Mark this moment. We enjoy this moment. We're going to eat good food, have lovely tea and coffee. We're going to celebrate, take photos. Let's mark this moment. This is important. This is what I struggle with in my personal life is actually celebrating. So important. Strength and celebration. But I'm getting ready to cross. Let me share with you for a few moments, if I can. In these last few moments that we have together is our, our, our story of significance. The moments that marked our church and our lives. And I'm aware that some of you have been with us from the very beginning. Others of you won't even know the story. And the story is significant. It's important to remember the story of our life. February 2017. It was the beginning of the journey in our church and myself and Jillian. We've moved to the city center, a part of St. Catherine's Church and part of that congregation. And we felt that the word God gave me in particular was this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And that was, I felt like this is the moment. Okay, we're ready. We're ready. We made that decision. February 2017, with no money, no people, nothing. We were like, but we feel like God's called us. Because every miracle begins with a moment before we've even seen the miracle take place. Same in each of our lives. And we decided, and we, we actually announced um, to people over social media, we're going to launch this church. It was September 2017. We we're holding our first interest night that took place in October 2017 in the Bottle Tower pub upstairs in the church town. And we had 70 people come together because we've been telling people for about six years before, we're going to plant a church in Dundrum. We're going to plant a church in South Dublin. We're going to plant a church. And we gathered people along the way that came with us. And this is our first interest night. I'll never forget that moment. Some of you that were there that night. And I said, with the mic, saying, let's not forget this moment. This is the beginning. This is the start. 
And what happens, we, we gathered together 40 people as our launch team. 40 people who were committed for the first 12 months to serve on a, on a, a weekly basis. And so we have a, just go to the next one there, Hiji, if you can. And we gathered in our house and we, look, we're reading Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and 4, the beginning of the church. And we say, God's going to do a move of God. We're going to prepare for it. We're going to expect it. We're going to get ready for it. And then we got ready for it. The next year, March 4th, 2018, everything was building up to it. Everything was getting ready for it. Announced everywhere. And this is March 4th, 2018. It was snowmageddon. <laughs> we had to defer our launch Sunday to March 11th. And this was launch Sunday. Our very first Sunday. March 11th, 2018. Myself and Jillian and the team, we didn't know how many were going to come. We didn't know who were going to come. We had 300 people at our launch. We had nearly 200 people packed into this room. The place was absolutely packed, but it was a celebration. It was a moment. And, and the month that followed, we had between 90 to 100 people who kind of were with us as a congregation. It was a great celebration, but then everyone leaves and comes. And then we, we had 90 to 100, but within that first year, we grew so much that in six months we had to add a second service and we grew in one year to a congregation of 200 people now i know numbers are numbers and every number has a name every name has a story but as i was thinking about this this week in the nation of ireland the christian heritage or christian history that's never happened before never like there's it just never happened before not 200, a congregation who wasn't here the week before, wasn't there March 4th because I was here. I drove on the motorway and got here and I was waiting just in case someone turned up. I was here March 4th. No one, you weren't here. No one was here. March 11th, there was a church. God, he makes something out of nothing. You know what? He created the world in seven days and it's beautiful and I love nature, but the church is far more beautiful. The church is far more beautiful. This is our, you've gone ahead of me there, but it's okay. But one year anniversary, All right, 2019, this is, I think it's far better at the back than it was there, but it still was nice. We had a cake. And then what happened, a funny story, is that uh, the, the week beforehand, the week beforehand, you see, you see Maverick? Uh, it was actually made after this man, Alan Fay. Funny story was the week before, I, I, I had an accident in my home. I suffered a very serious head trauma. I had to be rushed to hospital, all that stuff. And he died, all that fun. And um, the next week, I wasn't supposed to leave. But I was like, I'm coming to our one-year anniversary. So I don't remember this moment. I found it out in our photos. And I text Alan and said, I don't remember you picking me up. <laughs> I was concussed for eight weeks. Concussed. Could hardly speak at this moment. I don't remember it. And... It was a moment that I remember, and here's why I say it. Alan came and picked me up. Rahul then looked after me. This is the moment for me. They've been looking after me ever since. And I believe that's an important moment, a powerful moment for me. And, and that year, uh, you know, we, we met together. It was April of 2015. Alan was, I'd known him since I'm 17 because he's in our, our family through, through my wife. And uh, April 2015, he texts me. He said, can I come to church Easter Sunday? And we were in open arms in Newbridge and he came and he'd recommitted his life to the Lord and, and placed his faith in the Lord. And, and he said, uh, 
I said, Alan, I'm leaving. Like in two weeks, we went to St. Catherine's Church and he said, I'm coming with you. And he came, he was there from our very first Sunday all the way through. We were there for almost three years. And on that very first Sunday, I met Rahul. Rahul was there. He'd just come from India, came over to do a master's and he was there. And we've been together for eight years and we've made a commitment. We're going to be together for the rest of our lives. Because we want to do this week after week. I at least want to be here until we lose our hair like Rahul. <laughs> we're going to be here. But if we can look as good as him, that'd be a whole other level. <laughs> Our first year, though, if you go to the next one, what, what we did is we went from, from a, a crowd or attendees to a congregation, to a community. It was so beautiful. Dozens of people, I'll say, so thankful that um, served and be a part of a community. We launched Connect Groups. We had community events. And it was just, it was so encouraging for us and what God had done. And then on our second year anniversary, we got to celebrate it the very first next Sunday. Of course, we know what happened next, 2020. March 2020. But we launched the positive in this is we launched Open Arms Online. still continues every Sunday and we reach thousands of people. I believe that we'll see the fruit uh, one day from now. We'll see that. And we are seeing it. We are witnessing it. Had to preach to a camera for 15 months. We've been together for 24 months and in 15 months not being together. And here's what I want to say to you in this. It was a difficult time for us as a family. My son Isaac had to go through open heart surgery and you know it was a kind of a traumatic time but it was what was so encouraging is our congregation was still there tell you what there was days i was looking at this camera i wondered is there anybody out there i wondered is the church gone like you know there's the feelings you go through i want to say to you thank you so much on behalf of myself and jillian because we see you as an extension of our family I believe in the power of stay. It's easy to leave. I believe in the power of stay. We're open arms, free to come, free to go. But I believe there's power in something about confronting conflict, debating our differences, having arguments with one another and coming to a place of resolve. That's what community looks like. It doesn't mean that we're all the same. So we've got unity. I believe in the power of staying. I want to say thank you for staying. Thank you for being here. I really, that means so much to us. Thank you for being a part of this journey. And then we came out of that year. I thought that was bad. Wait until we get back to church. Because <laughs> June 2020, 2021, many people, you know, even churches didn't open. We got the go-ahead. We convinced the hotel. You got to let us in. We, uh, we separated chairs. We were wearing masks. This photo is taken because we could fit there. You know, we had only got like a couple of people. So uh, Rahul had to do sound from in the back here. And he took that photo. And go to the next one. This was our worship team for quite a few months. Blake, one Sunday, he had the guitar, he had a little keyboard, and he had this, this foot pedal. He was playing the drums, playing the piano. I'm playing the guitar and singing. I said, oh, Blake, i got to give you a dig out. I did a few weeks, and he said, Sean, please don't play anymore. Um, <laughs> well, I want to honor this moment, because when we came back, June and July, three families, the Boots, Jillian was six months pregnant at the time because we thought, why not have another kid? The Boots, the Samuels, Rahul and Paulina, and the Edgemans, Blake and Katie and Eli and Eden. Every single Sunday, they were our setup team, our takedown team, our kids' church team, our worship team, our, our production team, our media team, and I get up and preach. And, and, 
and we had a rest of the team, but these families were so important. I want to say thank you so much to the Edgemans, to the Samuels. We're still here and still a part of this. You know what? This time coming through this stage, we were building. Rebuilding. It was the year of rebuilding. But 2022 to 2023, we built a, a brand new team. We grew from strength to strength and welcoming so many new faces and so many new people and coming, coming out of the woodwork, you know, getting used to not wearing masks anymore and being in worship and getting to sing and no more social distancing. It's amazing that we're still here. It really is. And it's been so exciting to see that we actually, we made it. We survived. We've come through. And we as, a, we as a family in this time, we, you know, ministry had been so difficult. But then we as a family suffered a, a massive blow. And my, my father had to step down in, in, in the church in Newbridge County, Kildare. And, and we had to take over and learn how to lead, you know, two churches, two locations with, with one team. And so I want to say to you that when I'm not here, I'm preaching in Newbridge and building the church and building the team, a church that's gone through so much change and so many people leaving, so much transience and, and so much things happening. We've had to learn as a team how to lead as one church in two locations. And I want to say thank you for, for continuing to be here and be a part of this. And I love that it's not about one man. It should never be about one man. So it's about a team. It's about a congregation not built on the sacrifice of a few, but on the shoulders of many. Shoulders of many. And here's what I want to say to you and celebrate with you this moment. March 2022, it's our four-year anniversary. I remember Jillian was in a hospital at the time. It was a difficult time. But the attendance, both locations, from March 2022 to February 2023, in both locations has grown by 70%. 70%. We've grown as a church. And that's the fruit of the hard work of the team. And thank you so much to those who serve and those who are part of it and those who put this all together. It's because of you. We celebrate with you. We're thankful for you. And Vision Sunday, we launched it. How Ireland changed the world. We looked at our past to say, can God do it again? There was a great move of God and we celebrate St. Patrick. But what about us? What can God do? And we, this is Brian Buffini who's here helping me put together. The vision has been mentoring me and coaching me and being part of this and has helped us raise 5 million euros to purchase, renovate, and build our own home. And it's been incredible to celebrate that and to see all that God is doing and what he's going to do because our vision is to build a church that reaches the nation of Ireland. To build a life-giving church that reaches the nation of Ireland. Guess what? We're going to see it. We are. Because you got to believe it before you can see it. But we got to mark this moment. 2023 to 2024, what does that look like? Well, we started this year, preached a sermon. Get ready. It's a word. Get ready. Get ready because God is going to bring opportunity into your life. He's going to bring open doors and abundance. And, and he's going to bring provision. And he's going to bring it. But you got to get ready. You got to be prepared. So we started off the year. Our very first Sunday was Sunday, the eighth of January, and it was, of course, we love as a church to start by fasting. <laughs> Great thing to do. And we started on Sunday, eighth of January. We had a prayer night when we had our week of prayer and fasting. And on the Monday, the 9th of January, 
I was getting ready and knew what I wanted to preach on, getting ready. And the whole week was about getting ready and being prepared. And I, if you don't remember, I preached about the moments that I had even gone through and having a building and we almost got the building and it fell through and all that God had done and why he was working in, working in the details and knew he's got, got something greater and got something more. But on Monday, 9th of January, at, as I often do, looking through online at different buildings, I found a building that was up for rent and I said, I, I contacted contacted a person, had a phone call, and we booked to see it the next morning. So we as a team went Tuesday, 10th of January, and we went to see this building, and we were like in awe, and we're like, this building is, is actually kind of cool. It kind of suits us. This, is, this would be great, but the problem was it was up for rent, not up for purchase. And I said to the agent, I said, I want to buy. I don't want to rent. And he said, well, we'll make an offer. I said, Okay. So we go home, or getting ready, and you know, preparing everything, and preparing what we're going to do, and how we're going to do this, how much money we got have right now, how can we do this? And so we put the offer in Friday the thirteenth. Friday thirteenth, I'll always remember because it's a good Friday, not a bad Friday. Friday the thirteenth, and we put in the offer and heard nothing back for about two weeks, until Thursday, the twenty-sixth of January. Got a call off the agent. He says, "Sean, your offer has been accepted." I was like, amazing. Here's what I've learned. That's the easy part, right? That's not the moment. That's the easy part. Because what you got to do next is you got to get your architects, you got to get your pre planning, you got to get your surveyors, you got to get your money in order, your finance in order, you got to get your board of directors approval, you got to do all the minute details to do your own due diligence, and then you go to go through the contracts, make sure all the wording and the boundaries and all this stuff. And we've gone through so much, there was so much going back and forth and back and forth. There was conversations, questions, we were asking, you know, what is it the right thing? Is this what God has for us? You know those moments you're like, when is the wall of water going to crash through? Looking at the car park, the car spaces, the size, the flow, and everything. And we passed the date in which we've been given to finalize it. Until Wednesday, March 7th, until we got the green light. And on Friday, we signed the contract for a brand new building. We're buying a building. We're buying a building. This is it. This green shed, it's going to be beautiful. The most beautiful shed that you've ever seen before. We're buying a building. We're buying a building. And here's what I want to say before we get into the details. January 19th last year, I was wondering, will this ever happen? I was getting ready to prepare the vision. I was crossing the Atlantic Ocean to go to America and ask people for finance and bring them the vision and say, this is how Ireland changed the world and this is how we're going to do it again. And I completely downing myself, I downing God, wondering, and Jillian said this word, she said this, Sean, I believe God's given us a word. He's going to take us out of the hidden place and put us in a place for all to see. Take us out from the basement. It's a beautiful basement. Put us on the highway for all to see. And I want to show you this next picture. The next one. That's the size of the building. That's the length of the building. Car park all around the next one. Look where it is. Right beside the highway. You can see this building from both sides of the M50. 
We're going from the hidden place. Because God, what God's been doing in the hidden place, what he's been doing? Building the foundation. Building the roots. Getting ready for the growth that will come. Getting ready for the fruit that will come. We're here. Not the legionaries of Christ. Clay and hold lepers down. We're here. We could all just get out. We could walk across the road. <laughs> walk across and we're here. We're right where we want to be. We're just seeing you know, a jump zone is right here after church. You got to go to jump zone. <laughs> you got to jump in church and then you go to the, <laughs> the next photo. You can see Sandyford Business Park is where we are, the Beacon Hospital. We got Tesla around the corner. I've heard that they might give us some cars. And we got Tesla. You got the M50. Anyone, you drive to it. Oh, it's just around the corner. It's easily accessible. And what's amazing um, is that it's at the end of a cul-de-sac, parking all around it. You can see the Ticknock Hill around it. It's beautiful. The view of it, the view around it, and the view in it. And this is the view in it. Is what it's like inside of inside. There's another adjacent building to the right. Just keep it there for a moment. And this is what's incredible about, about God and all this. When anyone has ever asked us, what kind of building do you want? We want a, we want a warehouse, a real ugly warehouse with a green shed, green roof on top that we're going to paint and make it beautiful and put an LED sign up. I didn't say that. So we want a blank space. We want a blank space. Because we're going to build a beautiful church. And let me tell you, this is not going to be beautiful. It's the people who are going to be in it. That's what's going to make the church. We're going to fill it. We're going to build a 300-seater inside of it. We have got kids' church. We're extending this wall. We're going to have kids' church. We're going to have cafe, foyer. It's going to be vibrant. It's going to be dynamic. It's going to be a place that you want to come and invite others and bring your family. You'll be proud of to come to Open Arms Church. Here's what is important. We'll build great buildings. We'll see thousands of people come to know Jesus, experience Jesus. We'll have the most incredible experiences in worship. But I want to say, it's not about the buildings. It's not about the worship gatherings. It's not about the events and the experiences. It's all about Jesus. This is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The Israelites walking into the promised land was so not that they could enjoy the promised land, it's so they could get ready and set the place that the Messiah could come and bring hope to the world. That's what we're going to do. So that Jesus can bring hope to the world through the church. But we're going to mark this moment.